Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It's WrestleMania weekend for me. It's episode number 263. And it's been a while since your friendly neighbourhood wizards came to your ears in a podcast form. Uh, no podcast last week, uh, but one this week. And a few things have happened since then. Stoke have turned around form, maybe, sort of. Two wins, one against Sheffield United, who, you know, they're not exactly a bad side. And Gary Rowett's Millwall, a few, like, that seems ages ago, um, has changed Stoke for the better. I don't know, because I don't know what the fan reaction is, because I deleted Twitter off my phone. <laughs> but hopefully, to tell me what it's like, uh, Dave Cowlishaw, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very well. I've just I've been enjoying my colonial in the steel chair. <laughs> That's wrestling, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. I liked it. it I'm, go- I'm going to Google wrestling terminology and then hopefully seed some in. I'm go- okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's th- that. That can be the theme of today's episode. Um, yeah, Dave. We uh, we got two wins recently. Uh, both at home. Yeah, it, that's right. Yes, Stoke uh, won yesterday one 0 against Sheffield United. A John Egan own goal in the seventy seventh minute in a game that before we recorded you described as nice and quiet and (laughs) (laughs) a game previously against Millwall, which was so long ago that I can't actually remember any details about it. Oh yes, that was it. Jacob Brown and a George Savile own goal, making that. And Jack Bonham saved a penalty. And Jack, oh yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so long ago that, um, that I forgot everything that happened. Um, Listen, the last time we did a podcast, Dave, uh, we were in a bit of a slump and doing our usual thing of questioning just everything. Mm. Have these two results changed? Because you were, you personally, and uh, to be fair, a lot of us, were very much like this is, we're at the end of this tether here. Are you feeling the same after two results? Or has it changed anything? Or where, where do you sit? Um, I'm... Broadly, where I am before, uh, I wouldn't say these two re- results have like particularly changed, like where I see the overall direction of the club, because it would be silly to change it on the basis of two results. What they have shown is that the players, on the whole, seem to be playing for the manager. It shows the quality we do have, which is positive. It shows that we are capable of. Uh, holding off teams at arm's length at home, which is something we severely were unable to do sort of midway through the season, sort of December, January time. Um, and there, there are some really good bits to pick out in both performances. I thought Jordan Thompson was absolutely fantastic yesterday. I thought it was arguably his best game in a Stoke shirt. Um, I think he's he's one of those players who people talk about him being underrated so often that... Mm. Um, he kind of maybe becomes a slightly overrated as a result. But I think he's, for me now, almost definite starter. Um, what was also encouraging about yesterday was we won without Lewis Baker or Nick Powell, who at times this season have carried us. Um, yeah, I just, if we were to end the season well, uh, say finished in the top half, then I can easily see why people would want to keep 
a certain degree of momentum going, keep Michael O'Neill in charge. I can see that point of view, like results breed confidence and all the rest of it. The slight um, caveat to that would be, well, these results are good, these performances are good, but we've got nothing to play for. So why haven't we? Why didn't we deliver these kind of results when the pressure was on? Uh, so that is the big question, and that is why I don't think it will happen. That, but that is why I certainly wouldn't be opposed to a, a change in manager. But you know, um, if if he keeps picking up results, then he can feel free to shove it in our faces. <laughs> um, so sort of. I'm just I'm just glad that I've enjoyed the most recent home experience. It's you know mm. it's felt like a while since I've said that. I, I didn't go to the Millwall game, but yeah, I thought a bit of a nothing. Well, a real nothing first half, but just a, an enjoyable second with some nice performances in. Mm. And certainly, like I, I'm, I'm probably probably absolutely incorrect, and you might be able to to point me in the right direction. But how in the recent years? We've not exactly fared massively well against Sheffield United, have we? Like, I know we've played them in friendlies before. Like, I, I'm just thinking, I remember going to Bramall Lane and getting a draw. And Joe Allen, did he score? Yes, free yeah. kick. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And, like, I don't think we've done... We, we drew nil-nil yeah. with them. Um, I went to Bramall Lane earlier this season where we did our thing of taking the lead and losing. Yeah, um, yeah. So like they've they've I mean and they're in they're in eighth place. They had a difficult start to the season, but they are they're up there. They're a team who were Premier League before, and yeah, granted, I know we were as well. But they're a, they're a decent they're a decent enough side that it's a they're a good good team to get a result against. And looking at the table now, um, I mean West Brom are only two points above us in twelfth, um, and after that it kind of then goes to Coventry on fifty six Millwall. On fifty eight, QPR fifty nine. I kind of feel like those teams, even though there's a good few games left, they're kind of out of reach. We may be able to overtake West Brom in twelfth, but I don't know. Do you, you you mentioned about oh why couldn't we have done it when when it mattered? Do you think there's an element of this team just isn't very good at coping at pressure? I. I... I would say evidence might might support that. I don't know whether that's circumstantial evidence or not, but um, we've seen how in sort of recent-ish history where the fans are on their backs a little bit, how they haven't really managed to perform under that pressure. Our best performances this season came at the early start of the season where we built a sort of mm-hmm. uh, run together because it was a sort of new team and we didn't really know what to expect yet. And similarly, when uh, we signed that raft of players, when we started to pick up a few results here and there or some good performances, that was again like a new team who we didn't really know what to expect and maybe were given a bit of time. Um, so maybe I... That's that's not a good trait to have for a championship <laughs> team where, where you know the results come in thick and fast. Um but it will be interesting to see how we do against Reading, who are under a bit of pressure themselves. They're at the wrong end of the table. We, again, nothing to play for. Um, if we start to build a, a run of wins, that that might breed some kind of 
ah, actually, we can do it mentality, especially with the players we've got out. Um, if we do beat Reading, that'll be the second time this season we've won three on the bounce, which is something we hadn't done since uh, this season uh, at all. So I guess I guess it's a case of if you're Michael O'Neill, you can pick out positives in individuals. And you could say, like, as far as tactics go, now he's not overthinking it. We seem mm-hmm. a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still questioning Jack Bonham in goal, but yesterday was just a very sensible team selection. I thought, especially the absence of uh, Baker. We played two holding midfielders, and Francic is the more attacking. Francic didn't have a great game, but the front three all put a shift in, and yeah, I just <laughs> I tell you I, I'm what. Try- I'm trying not to sort of um, play us down too much because we did play very well. But I saw, um, I saw, and you might you might be able to give an opinion on this. But I did see on my brief time popping on Twitter because again, don't have it on my phone, so I have to log on my computer to see it. Um, I did see uh, Josh Madger get a bit of criticism. Uh, There was some, I mean, it's Twitter. uh, There was some inflammatory language about being the worst signing ever. Uh, in recent years, and, and it's like, well, no, because I remember Berahino. But yeah, well, I mean, what do you what do you make to that? How how would you say his game was yesterday? Uh, right, yeah. So you you've reminded me of my uh, of my big bugbear, which is uh, he missed two really golden chances. And considering he is signed to be a poacher, that is not the kind of uh, habit you want to be in. Like, especially considering like we got rid of Sam Surridge who like couldn't really convert in a Stoke shirt. And then we got Madrid and he's, he scored a couple like quite early on of like those sort of being in the right place. Now you could, in his defense, said, at least he's in the right kind of position. I suppose it counts for nothing if he's miss, missing the ball and he, he completely whiffed a header later on in the game as well. Um, but my bugbear with the criticism is that it's the it's just the fucking tired old cliches about being lazy again. I don't <laughs> I don't think, honestly, you can look at Josh Madrin and say he's lazy because <laughs> I just don't know what people expect from him. I think maybe because Jacob Brown like runs at such high speeds that that he ends up just clattering into people. He absolutely Bodied, um, uh, that, that could be a wrestling thing. He, he clotheslined uh, Norrington yeah, yeah, Davis yeah. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of times yesterday, yeah. and because you see Jacob Brown being like that and being like literally up and down that pitch all fucking game, bless Jacob Brown, I running I just, running the ropes, running the ropes as it were. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, um, absolutely love Jacob Brown. Um, because maybe you see Jacob Brown doing that and you don't see Mad just sort of fly into things, he gets the lazy tag and it's. It's really, really bollocks, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. because they they got he got groaned at for like like running to block off a passing lane when it's clearly that's what he's doing. He's clearly like thinking, right, I'm not going to go flying into this guy because it's a six foot fold defender. Jake Josh Madge is not a big guy, sort of um, sort of mass wise or height wise. So obviously he's not going to sort of try and bully you know bully him 
but it's, oh, he's obviously trying to block off a passing lane and then he gets ground out for not like running directly at him <laughs> and like all all these things like sort of turn into a narrative oh he's being lazy you can't tell me that Josh Madger wasn't trying yesterday there was this slightly bizarre moment where he did stop with the ball in the second half and I, I, I still don't quite know what happened um Maybe it was really clever, but I don't know. I, genuinely, I, I need to see that again to fully make sense of it, I think. Um, but yeah, but Tyrese Campbell had it when he's come back from injury. Tyrese Campbell looked always lazy. Maybe he wasn't fit. Maybe he's not as quick as he used to be. Maybe Badger's just not that quick. But just the, the saying he's lazy all the time. I don't think Michael O'Neill, uh, for all his faults as a manager, has much tolerance for lazy players. Mm-hmm. We've got players who make mistakes. We've got players who make sort of poor decisions sometimes. But, like, Ricardo Fuller was a lazy player. <laughs> okay. and it, but, but he was fucking genius, so, you know, we didn't mind. Berahino and Kevin Vimmer were lazy players. Madge is just, he's just, he just had a bad game. Like, and, and I know, like, you know, he, he's, not had a great run of form. But I, th- I think people's minds were made up about him before we started. And so it becomes that confirmation bias thing. And like, oh, you see, like he's not busting a gut, so therefore lazy. And, you know, we've we've been through this before with with better players than Maju, with, you know, Shik- the Shakiris of this world. And I'm just I'm just tired of like having to defend players with like Oh, but actually what he was trying to do was <laughs> because, because we're just viewing football through these fucking absolutes of lazy, not lazy, good, good shit. Every, everyone's <laughs> either good or shit. And there's no in between. There's no, there's not, there's no like good player, but had a bad game, shit player, but had a good game. There's, <laughs> there's, there's just like, he's shit. He's good. And, and like that maybe even applies to the managers to some extent, like, Oh, I, I'm not sure there's like huge amounts of this, but I'm sure people have been like, well, manager's good, obviously. It's just, it's just <laughs> been unlucky. And I don't think it's one, it's once again that sort of appeal to nuance that I don't know. Maybe I think you were right to delete Twitter, Chris, mm. because because mm. everything's on fucking absolutes, isn't it? Um, it's, well, it's, if we, it, if we are going to be in absolutes, uh, Jordan Thompson's the best player in the fucking world. <laughs> I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say uh, a player who you've you spoke quite highly of then was Jordan Thompson, um, a player who, yeah, I mean he hasn't he hasn't played a, a ton this season, but you, so you think the best game that he's had in a Stoke shirt is that what certainly. You Again, recency bias might be playing a part, but certainly I thought he was head and shoulders the best player in the pitch. I mean, a certain other Stoke podcast didn't even include him in their little poll. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not. On, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. Oh right, I'm. it's uh, <laughs> it's one of the others. Um, uh, and yeah, I just I just thought he's read the game very well. His tackling was excellent. He played a few really nice passes, and even the passes that didn't come off were like ambitious, forward-thinking passes. He, he just he did the shit we usually want Joe Allen to do. I thought Joe mm. Allen was, meh, but mm. Thompson was just doing all of his work for him. And what I think we could even try now 
is uh, if Baker's fit, Thompson and Baker mm. behind a Romaine Sawyers would be very, very exciting because I thought Sawyers looked very good when he came on. He, he seemed to be uh, fully in control and uh, he, he just looks up. He looked up so much and like did sensible passing and didn't become phased when he got to the edge of the area, which unfortunately someone who, someone who I do like, but thought had a poor game, Mario Vrancic, Mario Vrancic, unfortunately wasn't quite at the races. Um, so yeah, we're, a, we're a funny old team, but you know what? There's a bunch of lads. We like them. They're a good bunch of lads. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, uh, Jordan Thompson's partner in midfield there. Um, Joe Allen is mm. uh, one thing I did see is this pretty much confirmed that his contract is not going to be renewed. He's going to be future endeavoured at the end of this, at the end of this uh, week, <laughs> the end of this future. week, end of the end of the end of this season. Yeah, he's he's not he's not renewing. He's going to be going elsewhere. The Joe Allen Stoke City love story will cease to be. And so, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think we probably need to start designing a, a team that is based without him because, you know, he's he's not going to be here. Do you now that it's pretty much all but confirmed that he is going, and there's still time. There's still time for him to whip out a new contract for him. I, yeah, what do you what's your thought? What do you think? Don't cry that it happened. Smile because it's <laughs> over. <laughs> um. <laughs> I yeah, he's on too much money. I like yeah. I'm I'm you know I'm fully aware of the fact he's uh, played very well. So sort of, since the turn of the new year, he's been one of our best players in that regard. And I think he has had runs of games where he's looked really really good. When O'Neill first arrived, for example, looked good then. Um, but he's never quite fully convinced ever. Really, he's not. I've I've never quite been sure what his actual role is. Like he's not he's he's good at intercepting. I would say that's his main strength. But I I think otherwise. Like there's there's just he's on too much money to justify the performances we generally get. That might be harsh. And like. He'll go with my best wishes because God knows he definitely does try and God knows he like really wants to be playing football and he's been club captain this season and um, by all accounts, like I'm sure the players in the dressing room respect him and everything. I just don't think, I think for us to evolve and to move on, we need to just get this um, monkey off our backs really because we, we just shoehorn him into every team and nothing seems to work for a sustained period of time. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a defensive midfielder ready-made in the aforementioned Jordan Thompson. I think we've got Lewis Baker now who can do so much of that, so much of the defensive and attacking midfield work. And whoever else might come in, um, whether that's keeping Vrancic, Powell, of course, come come back, whether we end up keeping someone like uh, Sawyers or not, I just, I think it's just better for all parties. I, I'm, I, I just don't, I don't want to be a dick about it, but <clears> I think... let's, face, let's face it, he's not big, he's not bigger than this club. And no. Yes, he's a first team player, but 
He's not. He's it, not essential. I don't it, think. It also closes the door on, on, basically on on the team that was the leftovers of of the of the Premier League. Like, I mean, I know Tymon was there in the Premier League, but uh, you can't really count him as no. being, a, being a player of it. Like, so yeah, like. When you look at this team now, and you look at even the subs on the bench, there is he is he's the last remnant of that team that came down, um, mm. and yeah, I think it's kind of a it's kind of symbolic in that respect. Like, don't get me wrong, I have I know we 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 go in on Joe Allen quite a lot on this podcast, and I genuinely do not have anything like a- against him. He, by as you say, by all accounts, top professional. People like him a lot, and he and he looks like he's he seems like a nice guy. The issue again, and I'm just reiterating what you said. The issue that was for me was that when it, when he came into the team, I don't know what he brought that we didn't have better elsewhere, and he seems to have been shoehorned into every other team, and especially now in the championship, it's like he was on so much money that we had to justify putting him in the in the squad like if if the contract the the reported rumored amount that he was on was like 50 grand a week that is ludicrous considering what we're paying players now um it, yeah it's in, in the world of financial fair play and in a world where the owners of the club are having to write off debt because we are losing hundreds of millions of pounds it's kind of essential to get rid of a player like Joe Allen and I'm sure he'll go on and I think it'll be our luck that he'll go to another team and he'll play really really well and we'll get the whole last see we should have kept him argument I I think that's destiny that's definitely going to happen this happens to every fucking player we sell yeah exactly but I think you're right we've got a we've got a decent midfield there without him and then you never know what they're going to do in the summer because they always surprise us with loan moves and who knows. That's the joy of the championship. You have no idea who anyone is who you're going for, and it's great. Yeah. In fact, if, if I, as I expect will happen, O'Neill does stay, that's my kind of hope for January, just not much fucking about. Uh, I don't think we need to make like huge swathes of changes. Yes, there are the lone players who are going back. So you'd think Howard Bellis, maybe we could reloan him again, but I don't know. Um, maybe like first teamer for centre half, and then he needs to make a decision on whether Bursic's going to be his first choice keeper. But otherwise, um, Major may sign his deal to a permanent. Like certainly the midfield wise. Um, you know, we've got a core of players like Tymon, Thompson, Baker, Campbell, Brown. Um, we've got a core of players there who are really good and we should just not like throw the baby out with the bathwater now. Mm-hmm. We don't need to make, you know, eight in, eight out kind of changes all the time. Um, I imagine we'll probably do the low market thing again, but like, if we can not like have a whole new team at the start of the season, then a whole other new team in January, I think he's got to kind of stick by and large with what he what he's got now. Um, 
now having said that, I've just remembered how many players are out of contract. Yada yada yada. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting this summer. But I'd just like a bit more kind of consistency now in terms of the team he puts out. Um, I I just I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm scared. <laughs> The rest of April is an interesting month. As you say, not much to play for, but next game, we're away to Reading and then away to West Brom. Looking where we are in the table, it's one of those where you feel like the results there go against us. We could see ourselves fall back down to 16th place, um, which was where we were at and people were very grumbly. What do you... So, Reading, then West Brom, then we're at home to Bristol City, away to Blackburn, home to QPR, away to Middlesbrough. Like, five of those six are very, very winnable fixtures, I would say. Like, you know. It depends depends on what what team turns up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all well and good saying saying that they're winnable. I would say I, I wouldn't give as much of a chance at Middlesbrough. But, um, Reading is shit. West Brom are really out of sorts. I like just let's just take it a game at a time and just see if we can just generate a bit of confidence and good feeling. I would say um, to get the juices flowing ahead of next season, let's properly start Campbell now. I think Mm -hmm. he's, I think we need to give Campbell a a proper run of games. Um, He he came off the bench and made a huge difference yesterday. uh, Campbell, I thought uh, his work for the goal, his sort of, general the runs he was making again like i'm talking about the runs he's making because they were intelligent runs and not just charging about like an idiot and no wonder people think he's lazy um yeah if if and if we can get magic a a few goals bless him uh i would i would love i would love to see that i'd love to see um magic get on the score sheet as well um so yeah like if we if we beat Reading and I don't know get a point against West Brom, then maybe I would be convinced that O'Neill could do it again. With the caveat that these are the end of season games where the pressure's off. But I, I guess from his perspective, he's got to look at it in terms of I need to justify my position. I'm going to show that I'm going to improve our league position once again. So I think what have we done now? 16th, 15th under O'Neill. I, I think he'll want higher than 14th, really. I think he'll want to try and go for that top half finish at least. Um, then he can point to that and then maybe he can, you know, spat off about expectations again. Uh, I don't know. It just It just feels like we're all a bit sort of hung over. Um, from a <laughs> from a very depressing January, <laughs> from a very depressing New Year's Eve party, where the expectations <laughs> were so high, and they were like, "Oh God, no, this is shit." And the hangovers lasted uh, well into <laughs> April. So we shall we shall see what is going to happen. We shall we shall. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You're right. It, it, all all you can hope for is a just a, a decent enough end, like. Uh, all all season expectations have been minimal at least. I, well, they have for me anyway. So I don't expect too much. I'd like a few results that I can be like, yeah, that was cool. That was nice. I'd like to see, as you say, Campbell and a like start. But hey, take it, take it as 
it goes. One of the things I did see when I logged onto my computer and saw Twitter once uh, was the owners writing off some of the debt and a few statements being thrown around by the club. And then the usual argument of you're not, you, oh, we need them. We, oh, these owners are shit. And also, oh, you need to be grateful. Uh, no nuance on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, did you have any thoughts, Dave, on on <laughs> on, on on all those things? That, so, I, I mean, I'm not the best at finance, and I know you said it's not your particular expertise before we recorded, but I'm writing thinking we we had accumulated, we'd what made quite a lot of losses. The owners have written it off written off debt so that counts a lot in our favor doesn't seem to me and again i'm not a finance person doesn't seem like the most sustainable and brilliant model but what do i know i'm not a billionaire um did you have any thoughts on on the fallout Um, that was that it was interesting in that the sort of timing of it, it, it came after the Millwall win and um, the, then we had sort of some like social media content in the form of John Coates going on and sort of explaining the um, reasoning behind it. They seem to know they're under some scrutiny with regard to the sort of communication with fan aspect and the uh, sort of way in which their running of the club is being perceived, which is, I suppose, a good thing that they're aware of that. Um, As regards the sort of nature of the finances, I'm willing to accept and believe that this is a a smart move to avoid the uh, pratfalls of FFP. Um, i I'm sure that it makes sound sense financially because in theory, they know about finances. I don't. So, you know, I will defer to their better judgment on that. Um, But when we talk about the amount of debt we're in, that is a consequence of racking up a load of debt over the last few years. And the reason that happened is because we were managed quite poorly for those four years and were not as successful in generating revenue. Obviously, most of that reason is that we were in the championship paying huge wages for players who weren't very good, and we still are playing huge wages for players out on loan right now, for instance, who aren't very good or are not suited to us or the manager didn't like or are Peter Atebo. Um So <laughs> we've, we're still fighting our way out of a big, big hole. And my issue with the sort of, um, oh, I bet the coach critics will find a way to say this is bad thing is that let's not pretend that they have zero culpability in that situation now. They ultimately, the book stops, the book, is it the book? Yeah, the book stops with them, doesn't it? Um, So, yes, we've talked about skulls in the past. We've talked about the attitudes of Gary Rowett with regard to spending liberally. Gary Rowett was only allowed to spend liberally because that was the directive at the time. And yes, 
you know, it's not like the coach family pick the team or make the signings or whatever. But you know, this it's it's been quite badly managed, yeah, uh, for a long period of time without even a kind of um, a carrot or a sort of um, an effort to really sort of get people in and like make things fun. It's been sort of, it's, it's a very British thing. I've often thought about the British people in general that uh, they have the attitude of everything's shit. Let's just keep it shit. And as long as my life isn't as shit as shit can be, then I'll, I'll vote to keep things at a basic resting point of mediocrity because we don't want nice things. If, if, if people like want or expect nice things in life, then that is seen as sort of um, very sort of that's unbecoming. Um, I'm, I'm ham-fistedly trying to combine a sort of political metaphor with a, with a Stoke one, but like, mm. If you if you talk about things like fan engagement and like improving the match day experience, blah, 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 then you'll get people say, "Oh, I don't care. I just want the Stoke team to play well." Yeah, fine, but I don't think that's really good enough, especially when the team aren't playing well. Is just be like, right? Why do people want to spend their time going to a fucking freezing cold stadium, watching mediocre football, and then like have? nothing else to really sort of <laughs> keep them there. This is a separate point to the overarching issue about uh, the coat, the coaches. Um, I am just sick and tired of having to like explain that just because they're not Mike Ashley doesn't make them successful owners. Look, look, look at the, the late nineties. They obviously have a bit of a, track record in not being successful owners i'm not doubting their commitment i'm not doubting their willingness to want stoke to succeed what i'm questioning is have they done well enough by stoke in the last few years and i don't think they have i think we've just we threw everything in the first season and we've we fucked it up and are still trying to dig our way out of this hole. And if you, you can't dig your way out of a hole because you just keep going further down. That's how digging works. Um, <laughs> so yeah, sorry. That's, that's, that's a, a big old <laughs> ramble, but I liked it. It was nice. It's I, I defer to them that the readjustment of the debt or whatever the folk, I'm, I'm sure that's fine. I'm sure that's fine, but I'm just, I'm I'm sick of like feeling like a pariah who's spoken <laughs> ill of the fucking queen or something because I'm, I'm I think the club has been quite poorly run off the pitch. Yeah. No, I, honestly, you you hit everything on the head there that I thought. Uh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. Absolutely. Um, questions from dear listeners out there in the world of. Twitter, amazingly. Uh, Lewis Adams says, if we had to sell one player for financial fair play reasons, who would you want it to be? If we had to sell... Now, I'm not going to count Joe Allen because, uh, you know, he's out of contract anyway, so I'm assuming that's the thing. Uh, Is Chester out of contract? Because I know people people don't really like him that much. Like, I, I if I just look he, at... I think he is, yeah. 
yeah, okay. So if I look at our squad now, I'm thinking I'm going to look go through every player. Um, Bursic keep Bonham Meh, uh, but I he's not going to exactly like generate huge transfer fee, is he? Tommy Smith keep Morgan Fox Meh, he can go. Maybe Morgan Fox unless he's out of contract, probably. Um, Chester Meh, Liam Moore get rid. Timon and Wilmot keep. Jagielka keep. Dehaney, I don't think is a real player. Um, Suter, like like when I look at our squad in terms of like financial assets going forward, we've only really kind of got Suter, DiMaggio, right? Phillips, maybe who are like players we could sell for quite big money. Maybe Campbell. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's anyone particularly stands out as like yeah maybe sell them generate some money. Clucas. Uh, I oh think he's, God, a bit, yeah. he, he's definitely surplus to requirements now. So possibly him. Uh, just looking at our squad. Abdallah Seema. Oh, yeah, him. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> he's, actually playing, he's actually playing quite well. And this brings me to the crux of the episode, Chris. In FM22, I have oh, okay. started a Stokes save. Um, mixed fortune so far. I'm slap bang in the middle of mid-table. Um, I've I've downloaded a possession based tactic, but if you've got any just sort of general tips on mm. how to do okay with Stoke, any players or <laughs> tactics to suggest to me, then be my guest. I have already sold Joe Allen, so oh. I sold him to West Brom, and I sold um, someone to Nottingham. Fo- I sold Morgan Fox to Nottingham Forest as well, and I brought in Harvey White on loan from Spurs. That's my only signing. That's but, okay. Uh, we're playing some good football, but just can't stick it in the onion bag. So uh, I might have to, I might have That's... to do something about that. Um, but yeah, any <laughs> any su- FM suggestions? Any oh, FM twenty two. What t- yeah, uh, well, uh, what type of formation are you playing, Dave? That's so, the question. so the tactic I I downloaded was a um, a four three three with a holding okay. mid. So Harvey White plays that role behind. I can't believe we're doing this. Oh, no, no, let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. It's great. Behind uh, Vrancic and Baker slash Thompson. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I just need a bit of help. I'm not sure about whether Bidace is actually any good on this game or not. Can't quite work him out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, what I won't do is training. Oh, okay. And I won't do um, press conferences. So right, um, okay. See, see, you, the problem you've got there is I am very much of a conspiracy theory that nothing else matters in the game apart from press conferences. I fully, <laughs> but I fully believe that in this in that game, what you say in a press conference don't matter what you do on the pitch because if you've engaged in mind games with an opponent opposing manager, you'll lose. Or if you've engaged and you've been a bit arrogant, if you play it the humble person and they're like. Humble, positive man. Yeah, it, I, it always seems... I don't know, maybe I'm Do wrong. Do the full but, Ted Lasso. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, training, if you're not doing that, then okay. Um, just kind of kind of put the big lads on the posts at corners. <laughs> Do that. I don't know, because cool. the, the system I'm playing is, is a 4-2-3-1, which has been really successful um, in in this game. And it was with a with a second striker and an advanced forward, but it's just pure chaos. Like it's just chaos ball. Um, it's just madness. We'll, we'll talk about. It. Well, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, you say, oh, we can't believe we're doing this. But have you seen some of the other questions? Um, uh, yeah, 
Mitch, Hand- I don't understand either of your questions. So, well, we'll do those in a minute. Hanley Town Football Club say, how many Stoke fans <laughs> an will actual, be attending? An actual football club is doing Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they've said, how many Stoke fans will be attending our free entry home games on the 9th, 16th and 18th of April? Now, I don't have an answer to that, but they're on the 9th, 16th and 18th of April. If you want to go to Hanley Town's free football entry game hang on a minute chris they're getting some free advertisements i'm gonna say don't do it no they fooled us so that's that's how you get a free advertisement on this podcast you just ask us a question that advertises your products or services yes hanley (laughs) town (laughs) next next week where we get gone down colgate going what toothpaste do you think is like the best for giving a good glowing white smile it's very truman show um but yes, they are playing on Saturday when we are uh, away. That uh, they're, who they're playing? I don't know who they are playing. Uh, Highgate. They're playing Highgate on okay. Saturday. So good luck to them. It's Carl Dickinson's lads, isn't it? Hey. Uh, and Shotton is there as well. Yes. Um, so the yes, gang. the whole the whole a whole two thousand nine subs bench is there. Um, no, um, so they they seem to be doing well, and yeah. yes, if you are local to the area, cool. Um, but we we're we're not really the podcast of the Stoke local. I think we're the podcast no. of the of the hipsters who not no longer well, in Stoke, and and also a podcast of questions like the two that Mitch has sent, which I feel aren't aimed at you, Dave. They are one hundred percent aimed at me. His two questions being, if it took a level nine remove curse spell to fix our club, how powerful was the enemy who placed it on us in the first place? That's not how it sounds. Spot Spot on. on. Yeah. Yeah. How, how powerful was the enemy who placed it on us in the first place? And I would say to that, Mitch, that the enemy who put that on us is an elder brain. There you go. There's your answer, mate. And then he also asks, should, Oh, should Cody have stayed in, AEW. What do you think of that, Dave? Should should I mean should Cody have stayed in AEW? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Any any advantage? I mean, it's difficult. I, to I, say, I, I think Cody <laughs> and AEW are better off for their mutual involvement with each other. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? That echoes the sentiment of many a wrestling fan on the on the internet. That so well uh, done. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you've just got to be. Uh, a, a baby face to the heel yeah. of negative yeah. opinion. Well, <laughs> well done, Dave. Well done, well done. <laughs> Personally, Mitch, I uh, don't really care because if that's what he wants to do, if he wants to leave AEW, that's fine. He's gone to he, he's he's gone back to the WWE, Dave. That's all. He, he was there at WrestleMania last night. That's all you need the, to know. V Cody. The 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 American Nightmare Cody Rhodes of all people of all is, people, Dave. Is he from the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody? I feel like he if he if he's not, but he should be. <laughs> um, I, do you know what? If we've got to that point in the podcast where things have descended into into nonsense, which always happens at the end of these, so I will ask you, Dave: Is there any other Stoke-related things? you wish to bring to the table before we, we slam shut this um, episode? 
I would like to commend Stoke for their sort of treatment of my hangover yesterday, which, <laughs> which I, I was severely hungover. And um, what I enjoyed about the game is it was very quiet. Thank you to both sets of fans for generally being very quiet and the game for not being too exciting. So I mm. could sort of sit there, stew and like watch a Stoke win. Uh, the loudest Sheffield United fans I heard were on the train back to Manchester where uh, they were being uh, weird knobs, uh, but, you know, they lost so unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. That's, yeah. Whatevs. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we, uh, midweek, Tuesday, Reading, Saturday, playing West Brom so I think next week's podcast should we do one hopefully we will uh how do you think it's going to be a happy podcast or a sad podcast um it will be a medium podcast but I'm I'm sorry Chris we haven't fed anyone to the hippos this week (gasps) well let's do that before we go who do we what are we who's who's getting fed to a hippo um oh god uh mm, uh, the... Co- Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Well, feed Cody Rhodes. Co- not, not because he's done anything wrong, unless you're a. He's because he's the last AEW person we spoke mark. About. Yeah, unless you're a mark of AEW. Can uh... we feed Mitch to the hippos? <laughs> it's just yeah, okay. Just, just, just while we're being pricks, just feed Mitch yeah, yeah, to yeah. the hippos. Yeah, okay. And put, and put him in there with. Putin. He's um, he's in he's in the hippos and he has to use a level nine remove hippo curse, a remove hippo spell to to get out. That's what he has to do. Yeah, sorry, Mitch. <laughs> I just think that's funny so, because it... so right. Hang on. So in the hippos, <laughs> Nadine Doris was the first. Nadine Doris, the guy sat behind you. Yeah. The concept of the man sat behind you. Yeah. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah. Who then else? Like the, then it was like the, uh, oh, then it was like sort of racist Keith, the away day lad, you racist know, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, sort yeah. of the co-caddled maniac, and Mitch, <laughs> and Mitch. <laughs> for his for his horrendous opinions about Star Wars. <laughs> that's, little, that's an inside joke. That is poor Mitch. Poor Mitch. He's, he's been the target he, of Aya there, hasn't he? Yeah. I've never met Mitch, Aya. but he's, I've never met Mitch and now I never will. Have you not met Mitch? I'm sure you've met Mitch. I've not met Mitch. Oh, You'd remember man. meeting Mitch. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. I'm sorry, Mitch. We, uh. Chomp, chomp, chomp. You are not. <laughs> you have you've been eaten by a hippo, sir. Soz. Get over it. Right. Dave, I have nothing more to say on this subject. Do you? No, I think I think that's it. <laughs> okay. We will leave then. We will speak to you hopefully after a nice week next week. But until then, make sure you stay safe and warm and cozy and have a nice week. Until then then, go on, 